0: Come on. Steps were taken. Plans set in motion. And the strong and powerful Dan Nicholson is here on Lifeblood Numbers. Welcome, Dan
1: super uh, pumped to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, excited to have you on. Dan is a CPA. He's the CEO of Nth Degree CPAs, helping purpose-driven entrepreneurs achieve financial clarity. Dan, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Yeah, I guess I've, you sort of could describe me as a as a lifetime entrepreneur. I was that cliche kid growing up scheming on, on business ideas, mostly bad ones, but... Uh, <laughs> and uh and then took a weird turn and uh got an accounting degree and an information systems degree thinking that'd be the best skill set to be an entrepreneur and that that took me in a a different direction for a while um but as you mentioned in the the onset uh uh, for the last 10 years almost 11 years now i've run uh one of my main businesses is a firm called anth degree cpas and in helping people on the uh cpi cpa side of things i realized that what most people are really seeking is this idea of financial certainty so that's what i really help people do is get uh, certainty around their their finances get closer to the things that they want because that's what i want i want more i want my business to serve me and make sure that it's funding what i care about which is more time with my kids and and uh Pursuits of my my hobbies.
0: Well, I certainly appreciate that 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 very much. And you know, you obviously have found that 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 human beings, myself included, and everybody else, really seeks certainty. We seek patterns and try to make sense of of the unknown and and the abstract. So when you talk about financial certainty, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah. So I I have developed and kind of an overarching operating system around financial certainty. And it starts with a equation uh, that I uh, adapted from somebody else. And it says financial anxiety equals financial uncertainty times financial powerlessness. And so the idea that we have this anxiety about our finances, this, this worry, are we going to be okay? Are we going to run out of money? And it's uh, sort of this uh, function of lack of Certainty around our finances, and then lack of lack of power around our finances. And so, I built uh, tools and and principles. Uh, one of those tools is uh, something called the Certainty App. But it's one of the tools that I help people uh, use to get uh, increase their certainty and also uh, have, have more power.
0: Give me that equation again.
1: It is financial anxiety equals financial uncertainty
0: times financial powerlessness financial powerlessness yeah that 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 seems like it's right (laughs) (laughs) financial uncertainty times financial powerlessness will in fact equate to financial anxiety so now is that something you just sort of came up with how 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 long did it take you to to sort of distill down all your experience and know-how into that
1: so for years, I have been uh, kicking around this idea of uh, financial uncertainty, and I cre- created uh, a different framework before the one that I just uh, shared with you. That was much more convoluted, um, <laughs> frankly, based off uh, kind of based off some previous uh, research. I mentioned I took this detour, and uh, out of that detour was I did a fellowship at the board that writes all the accounting standards in the U.S. And uh, I can tell you that's uh, about as far away from entrepreneurship as you can you can get. And so I got this nerdy research background. And uh, to make it worse, I worked on a derivatives and hedge accounting standard. Mm. So as, as nerdy as you can get, as research-based, as numbers-based. And so I, I created this uh, methodology based off research in something called the COSO framework. Of course, nobody understood it but me. Uh, but I thought it was great. And then I was driving in my car uh, four or five years ago, listening to a podcast, and I heard this guy, Chip Conley, uh, share this equation, anxiety equals uncertainty times powerlessness. And that's where this light bulb, click goes off, that's like, there it is. I can just add financial to that equation. And that's really what uh, I'm trying, that's what I was really trying to articulate with my overcomplicated methodology I created before.
0: This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. Yeah, it oftentimes we, we do need some other human being to kind of come in and say, hey, that COSO framework you've been working on—pretty impressive, but nobody understands it. <laughs> let's let 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 let's sort of try to get down and strip away a lot of the stuff and get down to sort of the brass tacks. So, I yeah, can certainly identify sure. with that. So, how does that? How, how does this then? You you mentioned the certainty app. Um, tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about that.
1: Yeah. So, uh, kind of, I've kind of alluded to I have this operating system around uh, mm. achieving financial certainty and. You know, any operating system's got to have some amount of assumptions of what are we actually trying to accomplish with it. And, and so I have a few few commandments or assumptions uh, around kind of my operating system. And it starts with this idea that every action should get us closer to the things that we want. And uh, what I can tell you from my nerdy research is that uh, most folks assume that more, more is the answer to every problem. If I just had more revenue if i just had more clients if i just had more employees that that would be the solution to my problems that that would get us closer it is It sort of it fits nicely into if you if you subscribe to just the hustle mentality if i just work more that that'll solve all of my problems of course we know if your number one priority is to have more free time then more clients or more employees isn't necessarily going to solve that problem so we have to have a toolkit to get us closer to the things that we want. And we have to acknowledge that almost every question we're asking is a preference based question. So growing your business is an op, is an option. Uh, you don't have to grow your business. And, uh, and so that creates a fair amount of dynamic complexity when, uh, there's no right or wrong. Right. And so the certainty app to kind of come full circle and actually answer the question that you asked me, uh, Is The only app that I know about that connects your personal priorities, the things that you want, with your businesses to show you how um, the decisions you're making with your business are either going to fund your priorities faster or potentially take longer.
0: Nice. Okay. So when I think app, I think about something that just pop up on my phone. Is that this or is that just a, a term that you use to describe this?
1: Uh, so right now it is, and that's a really good question. Right now it is, it's browser based, but we will have a, um, a mobile app coming out later this year.
0: Nice. So I talk, um, and it's not just me. There's a lot of talk in, you know, the financial world about connecting or making sure that you understand your values and how those will potentially inform your decisions and, and your actions. And that's really what we're talking about here potentially.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I've got a couple thoughts on that. Uh, part of what I'm talking about is turning your vision board into a solvable equation mm-hmm. effectively. So uh, six-pack abs, there's a cost to that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, exercise more, uh, eat differently. Having 10 more hours a week, there's a cost to that. So we've got these vision boards, and but they're not solvable equations. It doesn't tell us how much more we actually need to make. So part of what the app does is turn your vision board into a solvable equation and tell you uh, how much more you need to make. Uh, The challenge, the dynamic complexity is that often people don't know what they actually want until they're confronted with uh, actually paying for it or uh, funding that priority. So uh, the whole idea of purpose can be uh, anxiety producing for a lot of folks. Like I don't, especially younger folks who maybe still aren't clear on their purpose. So uh, I tell folks, and I learned this from my coach, start with repetition. Uh, so just uh, start doing the work, whatever whatever it is. Then from there, you're going to uh, pick up some intensity. And then through the intensity, you'll find your purpose. So often we don't define our priorities or anything like that because we don't know what our purpose is and inherently that's flawed. We need to get it down, start working towards it, our intensity picks up, then we get the clarity on what we actually want.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a a very, very valuable uh, process that you just talked about. Instead of telling somebody just find your purpose, like I have no idea how to even think about that or to go about it, but I can just start doing something, start doing it consistently, and maybe it's maybe it's a, a a variety of different things. And is it a function of then once you start doing them, what you really are sort of drawn to? That's that that's the intensity piece.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. Each of us, uh, I call it play, playing your game, but each of us have our own uh, style. And uh, you can kind of figure out what your style is in business through your favorite sport or hobby. When you were a kid growing up, I've done this exercise countless times and it's almost, you know, it's always uh, rang true with folks where I ask them about their favorite sport or hobby growing up and what was their style of play and what did they like about it? So on and so forth. And then I say, okay, well, how does that compare to your style in business? And usually there's a direct one-to-one parallel of their favorite their style and their favorite sport or hobby and their default ideal style in business. But often we are playing somebody else's game. And so the idea of repetition is how do we go back to um those things that we inherently enjoy doing. And uh let's get the let's get the reps in and then from there we'll we'll start to get some clarity and intensity and then the purpose comes.
0: Nice. So when when if, if you were and I'm sure that you have sort of used this on on yourself do you find that that it's ha, has it helped you to figure this out or has is it sort of a chicken and the egg thing
1: the, the times that I have been uh, the most unsatisfied with my business and I've added the most amount of risks and had the most amount of failures is when I was playing somebody else's game mm-hmm I was trying to do something that uh, I wasn't playing, I guess to use a cliche, I wasn't playing to my strengths. Instead, I was trying to raise, address my my weaknesses and, and really be someone that I'm not. It's not to say we shouldn't address our weaknesses, but the things that are going to make me the best at at, uh, at what I do, I need to I need to be able to play to my strengths. So I use this exercise all the time. The playing your game exercise to uh, make sure that um, that I'm frankly to make sure that I'm playing to my strengths, and then I use the certainty app and uh, the, the sort of solvable equation, the priorities that I've written out to figure out: Am I actually taking the steps to get me closer to what I said that I actually wanted? And if not, why?
0: Got it. Nice. So in the conversation of trying to improve your weak points versus really focusing on your strengths, you are more in the camp of play to your strengths.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's not to say don't address your weaknesses, but uh, it's a, uh, it's sort of a, the idea of um, play to your uh, try and address your weaknesses just from a mathematical perspective. Like, again, this is my kind of nerdy, nerdy way of thinking about sure. things. But uh, what's more likely to get the outcome that we want playing to our strengths or addressing our weaknesses mm-hmm. from a, a volatility perspective? We're much more likely to be successful uh, and consistently execute when we're doing things that we're already good at. So, so oftentimes people try to. Uh, let's steal this from a business partner Nick Peterson so often people are trying to raise the ceiling, they're always trying to hit personal bests instead of raising the floor, let's just eliminate the bad things happening and that's much easier to do when we play to our strengths
0: yeah, no, I, I appreciate that very much it's like being mindful of uh, what's walking out the back door as opposed to trying to get more stuff in the front door kind of a thing, right?
1: Hundred percent. I did this exercise. Uh, I do it for clients on a, you know, around once a quarter, where I'll look at their profit and loss statement for the last uh, three years, if they go back that far. And I look at it by month, and uh, I look at it by month because then I can say, well, what are all of the months where you had a loss? On average, folks have a loss month about a third of the time, so four months out of the year. And what if we turn that loss into just a break-even to zero? Let's just change that loss to zero. Uh, typically, that would increase their profits from somewhere between 60% and 300% wow. when I do this exercise. Um, and so then you look at, okay, well, is there any trend? And I, comp- I look at it over three three-year period um, so that I can compare and see, well, uh, okay, they had losses in these four months. In 2020, how does it compare? And almost universally, it's the same months every year where people have a loss. So there's a trend. And then we can figure out why that's the case. Is it because of you, something that's going on where you're not playing your game? Uh, Is it a function of business decisions or is it a function of industry rhythms where you're fighting against the nature of the industry that you're in? And then we can start solving those problems. That really what we what we now know, though, is that if I just went to a loss, if I just raised the floor, eliminated bad things from happening, I could potentially uh, 60 to 200, 300% increase in profit. So massive increase just by eliminating the bad things. So that's an example of um, more, more towards playing towards our strengths, um, trying to eliminate the bad things, trying to eliminate doing um, playing somebody else's game
0: it's such a testament to the value again of having somebody just just another set of eyes on things it's like this has been going on in your business for years and years and years and it's happened really the same times every year and you just either you just don't realize it or you chalk it up to this is just the cost of doing business when in fact you could be improving your bottom line by 60 to, to hundreds of, 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 percent. So,
1: yeah. What one of the most nefarious things that happens to business owners is what I call the highest month paradigm, which is I'm the most concerned about clients in the three months after they have their highest revenue month. Uh, because t- typically for the closely held business owner, they start going, okay, I got a scale, hmm. just at my highest month scale and So then they proceed to undo everything that, uh, happened that got them to that highest month, and they overspend when the data doesn't necessarily support that this highest month is a new trend. Uh, Dr. Jeff Spencer, who uh, I believe was on your show and uh, mutual contact of ours, he talks a lot about in his research and coaching some of the best in the world about uh, uh, how more of, uh, your highest month, your high, your uh, whatever new milestone is often a period to take a breath rather than a period to double or or, what often entrepreneurs say 10x they have their biggest event ever and now next year they're going to do try to do 10 times that event but no actually now it's a period to take a take a rest for a moment let's see what the actual trend is before we go out and spend a bunch
0: no all in Dan 10x (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think that that's I think that that's very wise right there I love it well Dan People are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them?
1: Well, uh, we've been talking a bunch about it, but uh, just to sort of cut to it, which is play your game. As I mentioned uh, kind of before, uh, every action that you take with your business, your business exists to serve you. And so every action you take should be getting you closer to the things that you want. So uh, that's why we need to play our game. Yeah, because otherwise, what's the point?
0: Well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets a, Come on, come on! Dan, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and how can people engage with you?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, two places. One uh, certaintyapp.com, and, uh, and then my accounting firm at degreecps.com.
0: Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Dan your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to nthdegreecpas.com Can you spell that for me, Dan?
1: Yeah. uh, N-T-H and then degree, D-E-G-R-E-E and then cpa, cpas.com
0: Perfect. And then certaintyapp.com Check out all those great resources. Thanks again, Dan. Thank you. Appreciate it. And until next time keep fighting the good fight we are all in this together.